Welcome back to our weekly episode of Chronicles Unleashed, where we bring you tales of life, love, and human error. Our characters, fictitious and the real, suffer from the trauma of their drama and then struggle to rise above it. Good morning. This is your favorite griot from Chronicles Unleashed coming to you from the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. In part one of Bless Me, Father, For I Have Sinned, Obadiah Gregory managed to get a job and live in self-imposed anonymity. But in part two of this story, a chance meeting with Father Tom's guest will change his life. Have a listen. I'm Obadiah Gregory, the rectory caretaker. Father Tom is expecting you. He called earlier to say that he was on his way, so he'll be here shortly. Have a seat, O invited as he took the guest's coat. Thank you, Jillian said politely. Why did he look familiar to her? O showed her into the living room and offered her some tea and cheese and crackers. She sipped the tea. O looked like he was trying to remember where they met, but couldn't quite make the connection. How long have you worked here, she asked. Why do you ask, he inquired. Just wondering. I thought I heard a little Cajun in your voice, and I'm used to seeing women run the rectories, Jillian said. Well, that's rather sexist, he remarked, ignoring the comment about his accent. <laughs> I suppose it is, Jillian agreed and smiled. He appeared to be a forward-thinking man, and her gut was telling her that he had an edge. My grandmother used to take me to Mass every Sunday. Instead of tithing, she would donate her time to the priest by cooking their meals and cleaning the rectory. Sometimes on the weekends, I would help her. The priest loved and respected my grandmother and made sure she had everything she needed. I still enjoy working in the rectory. It reminds me of some of the best times in my life, O explained. Sounds like she's very special to you, Jillian said. She is. I haven't seen her in a while, and I miss her greatly, especially around the holidays, he said wistfully. Pack your bags and go for a visit. People don't live forever. I know, I just lost my mother, she said. Jillian must have met him in New Orleans. Probably, but she has health limitations, he replied. His statement wasn't totally a lie. Oh, heard that his grandmother had had heart ailments. He looked as though he regretted giving her more information than he intended. Jillian changed the subject. Is that gumbo and red beans and rice I smell? Yes, would you like some, O asked. No, thank you. I ate before I came, but it smells wonderful. Just like New Orleans, I left there and returned to the East Coast to care for my mother when she got sick, Jillian acknowledged. You must see a lot of grief around here. Then she thought to herself, health limitations? What did that mean? Did his grandmother have Alzheimer's? She was sure she had met him before, and under less than pleasant circumstances, yet Jillian didn't fear him. We see a lot of everything around here. I meet interesting people and no two days are ever alike. Following Father Tom's schedule, 
Providing the church security and overseeing the rectory building and grounds can be quite a challenge. But the job comes with safe housing, free food, and a salary. I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be, O shared. Hmm, I admire you. People usually hate their jobs, Jillian told him. Most people lack an attitude of gratitude. What about you? Do you like your job, he asked, skillfully shifting the focus back to her. Don't know yet. I moved here to start a job in the Office of Personnel Management in January. We'll have to talk in about six months. Then I'll be able to tell you. I did like my old job for a while, though, she explained. What did you do? O asked. Real estate. When I lived in New Orleans, I managed six properties I owned with my husband until he committed suicide. How long did you say you'd been here? Jillian inquired. She purposely shared that information to observe O's reaction. Although he tried to mask his emotions, she read the message in his eyes. Marriage to a police officer provided many opportunities to sharpen her observation skills. Now Jillian knew O recognized her. Just then, Father Tom walked in from the cold. It looked like O was relieved to be spared from having to answer the question. Hello, Father Tom. This is Jillian, O began. Dante, Father finished the introduction. He stared at her as she stood up. He looked like he knew her. Hello, she said, just above a whisper. O quickly left the room as they began a conversation in whispers. He went outside and began to shovel more snow off the walkway and steps leading to the back door of the rectory. An hour later, when he had just completed the front walkway and steps, he saw Miss Dante leaving. I'll contact you in the morning, Father. Nice to have met you, O, Jillian replied. My pleasure, O said. I look forward to your call, Father replied, looking at her longingly. O entered the rectory and hurriedly removed his coat and gloves, washed his hands, and prepared Father's plate. He was poised to ask Father Tom about Miss Dante, but Father seemed preoccupied and unsettled. O asked him, Is everything all right? You seem troubled. I was about to ask you the same thing, Father Tom said, deflecting the question. O wouldn't let him off the hook. I'll make a deal with you. If you share your story with me, I'll make my confession to you. Father was cautiously curious. It was the kind of curiosity that was like an itch you had to scratch. The problem was Father didn't know if it would give him comfort to scratch or leave a scar. In his younger days, he would have taken the bait, regardless of the consequences, but he was in a different spiritual place now. Confessions are made so that you can reconcile with God, no matter what anyone else does, including me. Think about that, and if you still want me to hear your confession, I will, Father assured him and added, I will pray for us both. Oh, knew Father was right. Once he left, O went to his room and wondered how he would begin his confession. The first part was always the same. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been, and then you have to fill in how long it's been since your last confession. But then what? 
Was it even possible for him to receive forgiveness? What if he couldn't? He took out the untraceable phone he had purchased weeks ago and dialed an old number he wasn't even sure would still work. He began feeling overwhelmed and panicked. On the third ring, he got the answer he yearned to hear. Hello? Hello? A crackling voice called out. O opened his mouth. His lips formed the name Mama Sadia, but no sound would come out. I knew you'd call me, and I'm glad you did. It's okay. I miss you too. What I wouldn't do to hug you just one more time, O heard his grandmother say soothingly. He was sure she knew he was crying, even though he had never uttered a sound. O swallowed hard, and his eyes were damp with tears. Suddenly, he was overcome with a rush of fear and dread. He was almost sure that Miss Dante had recognized him as Lucas Gregory St. John, and he needed reassurance from someone he loved. Remember the story in the Bible of the marriage at Cana? They ran out of wine, but Jesus' mother Mary told the disciples to do whatever Jesus told them to do. While everyone else focused on the problem, she focused on Jesus. Do what Mary did, focus on Jesus, and all will be well. Thanks for the call. Stay safe. I love you, Mama Sadia said, and then she hung up. He returned upstairs, cried and prayed. Gradually, O felt the heaviness begin to lift from his chest. He looked out the front room window and noticed more snow flurries dancing in the wind. O began to hum a song he hadn't allowed himself to sing in over 18 years. I'll be home for Christmas. He knew what he had to do. Father Tom greeted the last of the parents and faculty and slowly put on his coat. He reluctantly started toward the rectory. He instinctively understood that O's confession might lead to his departure, and for Father, that would be a tremendous loss. As he turned the key in the front door, he braced himself. Father hung up his coat in the hall closet and was drawn to the kitchen by the most divine smell of butter pound cake and coffee. Hello, Father. How was the Christmas play? O asked as he poured him a fresh cup of decaf with hazelnut creamer. Father stirred the coffee with a cinnamon stick. Well, the angels were heavenly, the choir made a joyful noise, and all who came rejoiced when it was over, Father reported. Our Lady's Christmas plays were notoriously long. O cut two generous pieces of his warm, homemade pound cake. They prayed, and then there was a brief pause. Through sips of coffee and bites of cake, O decided to unburden his soul. Will you hear my confession? O asked. Father sighed deeply and nodded yes. O began. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. 
I'm not sure how long it's been since my last confession, but it's been at least 22 years. Go ahead, Father encouraged him. I was born Catholic and was raised by my maternal grandmother. He shared his experiences with her in the Catholic Church. Finally, he mustered up the courage to admit his sins. Father, my real name is Lucas Gregory St. John, and I was once a police officer in New Orleans. In the beginning, I wanted to help people and support my community. But when I was a rookie, my partner was corrupt, and he pressured me to follow his lead. I slept with prostitutes, took payoffs from drug dealers, and testolide. Testolide? What, what does that mean? Father questioned. I lied under oath against guilty defendants, especially those who wouldn't give us payoffs. Both men were quiet and let the gravity of this part of his confession sink in. With his hand on the Bible, swearing to tell the truth before God, he had lied. I'm so ashamed. But at the time, I, I convinced myself that since they were guilty, it was okay for me to lie, O admitted. I see. Were you ever violent with these people? Father asked. I did beat people who I thought were guilty, but I never killed anyone, O explained. He continued, almost 19 years ago, I, along with 32 other police officers, was indicted, tried, and convicted of corruption. I knew I'd be in the same prison with the people I wronged. Three of the convicted cops committed suicide rather than go there. I couldn't kill myself, so I've been running ever since. Anyway, I'm truly sorry for my actions and I intend to return to Louisiana and surrender to the authorities. As Father Tom listened, he smiled and shook his head. Then he remarked, I wondered how you knew so much about security and how to disappear and reappear so readily, but I never thought you were an ex-cop. I thought you were hiding from someone who wanted to do you harm. Hmm, I was. Miss Dante didn't tell you about me? I realized why she looked familiar to me. Although she's older and has cut her hair, I knew her as Jillian Villachez. Her husband, Gideon Villachez, was one of the police officers who committed suicide. I'm almost positive she recognized me, O explained. Jillian did ask me questions about you, but she didn't tell me anything about you or her husband, Father Tom shared. <laughs> I must be losing my touch. I guess I've been out of the game so long I've begun to show my cards before I have to. O murmured loudly, louder than he intended, wishing that he hadn't made the statement or mentioned Gideon. I prefer to think that during your Christian walk, you've come to learn the value of transparency, Father Tom said. But why now? Why did you decide to confess now? Jillian recognized me, and I'm tired of running. Even if she doesn't say anything, it's only a matter of time before someone else sees me. You've been good to me, so I can't put you in the position of knowingly harboring a fugitive. 
Then I miss my grandmother, who I haven't seen in over 20 years. Maybe the judge will be merciful and send me to a country club. Country club? You know, where they send the rich people who commit white-collar crime, O explained. Well, maybe the judge will just let you go. Have you committed any crimes since you've been on the run, Father asked. No, I haven't, O said thoughtfully. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but as a cop, I was dirty, but as a civilian, I've never broken the law. I can honestly say that I've only helped people since I've been in hiding. Tell that to the judge, Father Tom advised. O smiled and continued, Father, thank you for helping me to be a better man. In the beginning, when you required me to go to church, I did it to keep the job. Then I came to need it. I even began to enjoy it. I'm glad I was able to make a positive difference in your life, Father Tom said thoughtfully, as if he was mentally putting O's story into focus. You're absolved of your sins in the eyes of the church. As your penance, I want you to say the Lord's Prayer every morning. You must also become active in a police reform group, Father Tom told him. I would certainly be able to say I walk the walk. But how would I do that if I'm in jail, O asked. Oh, ye of little faith, Father said, shaking his head. Repeat the act of contrition, please. O recited the required prayer and felt an unusual calm overtake him. He poured more coffee. More cake, O asked, breaking the silence. I shouldn't, but I will, Father responded. I'll miss you, O. I can't imagine anyone who could take your place. Let me know if you need a character witness. I'm more than willing to speak on your behalf. Thank you. I can always use someone like you to put in a good word for me. Now what about you, Father? I can't give you absolution, but I can listen if you want to share, O offered. He was curious about Father's relationship with the attractive Miss Dante. Thank you, O. I do need a friend, especially now. Life has thrown me a curveball, and I have no choice but to catch it. Father hesitated. When O came into his life, his circumstances did nothing but improve. Even his congregation had grown. He was thankful that God had allowed their paths to cross. Father took a long sip of coffee, as if to summon his courage. He, too, needed to unburden himself. There was a time in my life when my Christian walk was a crawl at best, he began. I went to college and didn't take it seriously. My father then refused to give me any more money. I had to support myself. I worked odd jobs and then began to date this wonderful woman. My parents didn't approve of her, nor did they like some of my choices and jobs. Why not, O asked. Well, have you ever heard of the Chippendales, Father asked. The male strippers, O asked incredulously. Exotic male dancers, Father corrected him. It sounds less shady. Anyway, I worked for a similar group called Guys for Dolls. It was fast money and lots of it. My parents, staunch Catholics, were so disappointed they all but disowned me. 
Ironically, it was my African-American girlfriend, Nora Dante, a bank teller, who changed my life. They should have been happy about that, O interjected. Well, they were, but they were not accepting of my interracial relationship. Then my dad died. Two months later, I was in the military and overseas. I planned to marry Nora once I came home. He stopped to take a bite of cake. O was hooked and needed to hear more. So, so what happened? He asked. Well, I got wounded. I lost part of my leg and learned that I could never have children. I felt less than a man and became angry with God. I felt that he was punishing me for my past sins. I came home and cut myself off from everyone. Nora tried to contact me, but I'd never take her calls. I wanted her to have a chance to live a full life with someone else. Eventually, I got counseling, renewed my spiritual life, and went into the priesthood and never looked back. Well, that's not entirely true. While I was becoming a priest, I tried to find Nora to apologize for my behavior, but she'd moved and left no forwarding address. O shook his head. Jillian told me that her mother died recently, so I'm guessing that you two probably never had the chance to connect, huh? O mused aloud. No, she's the one who got away. But I'm glad Nora ended up having at least one child. She always wanted a baby. Jillian looked me up when she was looking for her father. Father Tom replied, Do you know him? Actually, I do, Father said. That concludes part two of Bless Me, Father, for I Have Sinned. O admitted to lying on the witness stand to send a guilty criminals to prison. Get unleashed and let us know if you think it's sometimes all right to do something that is wrong to get a fair result. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter at Chronicles capital U-N-L-E-1. Join us next week when we explore real life crazy confessions. Invite your friends and family to come join us and become unleashed. We only get paid when we get played, so hit us up every week. Special thanks to Mixkit and Michael Ramirez C. for the Chronicles Unleashed theme song, Scripted Life. This is Donna Edwards signing off, reminding you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. There is hope for us all.